Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Boys in the Woods podcast. We have Andrew from Queens. Welcome. Today we have Andrea on the Boys in the Woods podcast. She is the host of the Decompression Chamber on YouTube. You have a, a po- is that a podcast? Is that a, yeah. a streaming? Nice. Yeah, it's nice. on on all platforms. And no, not streaming. I'm I'm too lazy. And well, no, no, case, yeah, yeah, yeah. In case, uh, yeah, in case someone says something they don't want getting out there, I gotta you know do a little bit of editing and then yeah. put it out. We always got to look out for each other. Pat and I have been on a couple of podcasts now, and we've had a few guests on ours. And it, it seems to be the the general thing talked about in the beginning. Listen, if you say something you don't want, don't worry. I got your back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we yeah. got to be careful. We got to be careful with that. Yeah. Well, then the biggest challenge becomes, you know, what cool graphic could I put over their mouth instead of just the typical blur, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah it's no holds bar in here. I think at one point, time pat we ended up getting in uh a little edgy situation um, <laughs> we, we reached out to an athlete and i got a hold of his agent not gonna name oh, him nice. not gonna out him but he, he called us edgy podcast. and you should see <laughs> we we may say a curse word here too but we are definitely not edgy by any means okay uh, we were on a guy's podcast a week ago and i think the f word flew out of the guy's mouth every other word so and I'm sitting here and I'm like, and iHeartRadio took us off? That's crazy. But we're yeah, back on iHeartRadio now. We had a whole fiasco of issues. So iHeartRadio right. took us off because we said we said the C word, but I was talking, we were talking about bats. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so there's this bat that goes like over 100 miles an hour, right? Damn. Exactly. And not flying down a mountain. This is like you yeah. and a bat take off and that bat's kicking your ass. So yeah. It just went off on this 16, 17 minute tangent about bats and how cool they are and things like that. Yeah, it's crazy. Pollinate like over, what was it, 350 or 3,000? One of those two. Well, yeah, because they're pollinating at the speed of light, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> just dropping pollen bombs. We call them our bat friends. Or hug your BFFs. Your yeah, bat, yeah. Your, your, your like bat it. friends. The bat flowers. That's what they are. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. If your bees are going to die out, bats yeah, much harder to kill. will get the job done. So, I mean, now we were looking through um, some of your podcast and noticed that a lot of your members are military type, or, or yeah. a lot of your members. I'm sorry, a lot of your guests right. are military type or first responder. Um, and I know that I love them. Pat loves them. We love them. What 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 led you down that road? If you don't mind us asking. Uh, yeah. So, well, of course, I'm. Navy, former Navy as well. And uh, thank you very much. Our Raven. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I, the job that I have now, I, I onboard veterans who apply to the program. And so we, we do like a 15 minute call and like very minute fraction of that is getting their service details. You know, what did you do? Where did you go? And uh, I've always wanted to get more on that. And then, of course, having a useless history degree, I'm, I'm always interested in getting people's stories. So I thought, well, it'd be kind of interesting because, you know, a lot of people don't talk about this or, you know, if they talk about the military, it's just when they serve, there's no lead up, there's no end. And uh, so, yeah, I just kind of thought, all right, well, why not launch a podcast, talk to folks, see what's see what their stories are all about. And uh, it's been really interesting so far. There's always great stories. I mean, one of my absolute best times is heading to the VA and sitting in the waiting room. Yeah. You, you get to wait for more than your average minutes, but the conversations yeah. you get from oh. the people there are just unimaginable. And now that oh, I've yeah. moved from the UP to Wisconsin, I'm looking forward to a brand new slew of stories. Yeah. Yeah. You've, yeah, you've changed. Yeah. I went from the Utah VA now to the New York city VA, but uh, 
I'm also a member of our American Legion post because I don't hang out with enough 70 and 80 year old dudes all day. And uh, yeah, talk about some crazy stories. It's like, wow, I don't think that's legal anymore. (laughs) I don't even think it's legal to talk about anymore. (laughs) Yeah, it was like, what? Wait, you served in a segregated military? Tell me more. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for doing that because you're absolutely right. I don't think enough of us talk about our story. And I think a lot of us battle demons in the dark because of it um and hearing that friendly voice or being able to talk on a platform that allows one other person to listen to it is fantastic and that, that's Thank that's you. absolutely wonderful so now you had you had mentioned that you moved from salt lake city now forgive me because there's not a whole lot i know about utah other than what the basic social society deems i know about utah machine <clears throat> Yeah. Skiing. <laughs> skiing. No, that's a big one. That's yeah. like their entire economy. <laughs> really? really? So yeah. like tour- touristy um, now, Certainly there are not. mountains in Utah, correct? It's not as flat as Kansas. So no, no. There's, there's a there's a really decent thing. I believe the Olympics, even the Winter Olympics yes. have touched base in Utah before. Were you there for that? And how was life during that? Uh, no, but my sister was, she's lived there forever now, which is wild to me, but, uh, yeah, the, uh, so especially 20 years ago, Utah is definitely known for their very strict alcohol laws Mm -hmm. and they got real relaxed. Yeah. 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 It got relaxed during the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so So, like, are you talking, we could walk down the street on 4th of July with a beer, Escanaba, Michigan relaxed Mm -hmm. or... Well, no, because this was just relaxed during the Olympics. So we're talking, okay. you know, February 2002 or something. Uh, but no, it used to be, I think, if you wanted to have a beer and a shot, you had to go to a club. Okay, and I remember. Yeah, I remember hearing You had to have a me- membership or something, and they relaxed yeah. that. That's like uh, a speakeasy back in the day. Yeah, yeah but they, they have some wild liquor laws. Um, they, they, t- they, have, uh, they call it a Zion Curtain. So if you order a mixed drink, like the bartender can't make it in front of you. They have to, like go in the back like they're checking yeah. out a porno tape in the yeah. 80s you know it's just it's so speaking of that they were the first states that they banned pornography didn't they ban Pornhub in utah or something here's what's crazy the number one uh consumption of porn city in north america is provo utah <laughs> be right. so and failed <laughs> you need to yeah. tell me they could figure that out somewhere yeah yeah who'd have thought right um, so now what, what brought you to new york now so where you lived was it three hundred thousand or thirty thousand people and now where you've moved is it well more or well less was it a culture shock uh yes and no so I lived in Salt Lake City, but it's very spread out. It's just mm-hmm. never-ending suburbia. Okay. Uh, so I d- have no idea what the population of Salt Lake is. I should, no, that's fine. I should yeah. know it, but uh, but relatively big city. It's the capital. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. It is. Yeah. It's, it was big enough to pull the Olympics. So I'm thinking yeah. more. Well, I mean, the Mormons got a lot of money to bar- bribe the Olympic Committee, let's be honest. but uh, <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> but, well, I'm just speculating. Uh, but no, I'd been out to New York City a couple of times, and uh, every time I came out here, it was just awesome. And actually, it's been right about six years ago. Uh, Red Eye used to be on Fox News. Tom Shalhoub was the last host. And I kind of got to know him a little bit, and uh, he was having a book launch. Mm-hmm. Uh, at slash comedy show and I thought that sounds like the coolest thing ever I've got some airline miles 
I'm just gonna take a couple days off of work, fly back, and and catch the show. And like it, 48 hour trip, it like completely changed my life. And uh, I I ran into like the microphone guy from Red Eye outside the Fox News building one night. And I introduced myself. He goes, "Oh, I'm gonna do a taping of the Five. Do you want to come in? Like check me. Like took me." behind Shepard Smith's desk, like took me on a tour of the whole building, showed me around and uh, we went drinking afterwards, you know, lifelong friend. Yeah. And then uh, the next night, you know, of course, Tom introduced me to everybody, uh, met Dave Smith, Kumia. And yeah, I I was like, this is, this is crazy. Uh, (laughs) If I lived here, I would be doing this all the time instead of, you know, drinking alone with my cat in Utah. (laughs) So, you know, and I, I kind of let the idea percolate for about a year and then decided, yeah, this is yeah. this is what I want to do. So I moved out here five years ago and yeah, still love it. So now it is. the comic, I'm, I'm assuming the comic scene before COVID and then COVID hit. And did you have to transist in any way or so? How, how did that it and how has the comic scene treated you in new york uh so i actually didn't get into comedy until well into covid really um yeah yeah i you know i was comedy adjacent i went to a lot of shows whatever else but i never tried to get on stage and then uh kind of got egged on by some friends and decided i liked it and yeah started writing stuff um and i sadly i haven't done that much in the way of comedy this year I still need to write some stuff, hit up some more open mics, but uh, hopefully get get something going and off the ground. But uh, but yeah, it, it, you know, I got my start like in someone's basement, backyard, stuff like that, you know, yeah. which is I'd actually kind of like to go back to. It was that was fun. Um, better food, that's for sure. But uh, but yeah, I'm you know, it's kind of nice to go to an actual venue now and yeah. you know just get a spot and be on my merry way or get some hosting time. So definitely a lot better now. But yeah, the, being in someone's basement or backyard was pretty damn fun too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So now COVID in New York. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'm really 100% sure on was nothing because all I could tell you was what the news and nobody was allowed to travel. Right. So, so talking with an actual human being who lived through it. Yes. How was it in comparison to what you saw elsewhere in the United States? Yeah, right. yeah. Well, and a, a lot of that was kind of social contagion, though, too. Right. So, you know, there's de facto and de jure, right? There's, you know, what the Bob wants you to do. There's what the law wants you to do. Correct. So, yeah, New York was very stringent on what you could get away with. And about six weeks into it, I just went, I don't believe this anymore. I'm not, you know, especially if I'm going to be around my friends or whatever. I'm not masking up. I'm not following any guidelines. I'm, I'm doing whatever I want. Uh, so I really flaunted that. But then at work, people are going, we have to mask up. We have to get vaccinated. And I'm just going, you guys do whatever you need to do. I'm, I'll follow the rules at work. But after that, it's. You know, yeah. mask goes in the trash can, whatever. And yeah, there was, you know, they're checking vax cards. So you had to have, you know, at least a fake one of those to, to get around. Allegedly. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, bus drivers, they've been told for years now you cannot stop someone if they don't pay the fare, but they'll stop you or kick you off the bus if you didn't wear a mask. I mean, just yeah. craziness. Um, wow. See, but, now this is yeah. crazy to hear from me because hearing that you lived without a mask, I didn't think that that even existed in new york yeah you could definitely do it i you know uh i 
was a little bit more of a pussy, you know, just in, it's like, look, I'm alone by myself. I'm not getting into a conflict with people. So a lot of times I, I would wear one, right. you know, if people made a stink out of it, it's like kudos to you for doing what was needed to move forward. I, I, yeah. But no, there, are, I knew a ton of people who never did, or, I mean, they would like, that was their hill to die on. And it's like, yeah. Hey, God, God bless you. I, I can't do it. So um, was the people bad? The ones that would see without the mask was it was it like did they really because we saw videos all the time of people running up and you know getting in the face at a grocery store you need to wear yeah. your mask was it oh like, yeah yeah you'd see that all the time yeah it was well it was crazy too because uh you know you can get through this for about a month but then so in june so it's only you know a few months into it i went to idaho to see my folks and it was like nothing had ever happened right it was so so weird and then i come back to new york and like I have to fill out a form, you know, the National Guard's checking it. It's like yeah, that's, they had the National Guard checking people come into the state. Yeah, yeah. Cause that's... they had to call you to make sure that like you weren't experiencing symptoms, you know, it was for contact tracing. Yeah. And uh it's just it's nuts to think about this. That's how it was. And now they're saying, Oh, the pandemic's over. All it's right, just like fine. magically like, wait a minute, no, we didn't tell you that you had to wear a mask. No. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just all all denying and it's like you guys like ruined our lives for years 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 we i was in the up of michigan at the at this time now the county we live or we're from Mm -hmm. in july has about 5500 people and in december now not the not the city the the county the whole thing Wow, 5,500 people. Yeah, in, that ain't much. <laughs> less than 1,500 people. The same county, and that county, I believe, has three cities in it: Gulliver, Manistique, Thompson. Thompson. But Thompson doesn't really count because they don't have a in post office, so you oh, get the okay. same postal code as Manistique. But two and a half, we'll say. It was crazy because I was working as a janitorial specialist, which mm-hmm. is a super fancy word for I was the janitor. Yeah. <laughs> So for a, for a corporate job, yeah, I get yeah, it. You know, yeah, yeah, I title federal buildings, and uh, so I was helping with the tribe and hazmat. So I would spray all the buildings for COVID. Sure. Now, when I was driving to work before COVID, it would take me an hour, maybe an hour twenty-five to get to work. During COVID, I, I still cannot describe how wild it was. To yeah. be able to go from Manistique to the Sault Ste. Marie in 37 minutes because yes. nobody was on the road. And if you were on the road, you were an essential worker. So it didn't matter how fast you were going yeah, or yeah. where you were going. You were supposed to be there. Oh, it, yeah. Completely insane. I can if there's absolutely no traffic. So we're talking at like two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. From my house to, like, say, Compound Media, so in, in Manhattan, is 24 minutes. Wow. And the only time I've made it in that time during the day was April 2020. And it was like, am I on a movie set? There's just yes. nothing. <laughs> it's not a soul outside. It was weird. The world vibrated less. Yeah, yeah. How insane is that? I mean, the, the, the rivers... Is it the rivers in Florence, Italy? I yeah, believe? yeah, I remember that. Yeah, uh, Venice, I think. Yeah, with the Venice, canals yeah, and Venice. stuff. Yeah, yeah. The and then the sea turtles, the amount of sea turtles that came onto the party beaches that yeah. no longer had parties. There was like 150,000 new 
sea turtle spots giving birth because COVID shut the world down. And I'm like, we think, I think we need to figure something out. Maybe we should change when we go to spring break. We control the fucking calendar. We can call spring what we want to call it. You can't tell me otherwise. Yeah, beach parties are just turtle genocide. We're keeping them from fucking and reproducing. It's terrible. That, that it's it's wild to think that the exact week the turtles come to play, we decided to go to the beach. Also, I'm an infantryman. I love planet Earth, but I yeah. love humans more. I'm a human. Hundred oh, percent. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, if it's a binary choice, humans win every single time. <laughs> every single time. But just because humans are stupid doesn't mean I'm going to side with the dumb ones. Sometimes. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, there's some leeway where both can win. Absolutely. Absolutely. Never in my life. And now I've visited third world countries, uh, a couple of them. I've seen random things, we'll say. But I've never in my life could I have imagined the world shutting down the way it did. Oh, it was wild. And to hear the city that never sleep was the same way. Yeah. Oh, it it was crazy because, you know, we got told, oh, we're going to be working from home. And like, that was very weird. Like, I broke my ankle like the year before and they made me commute in. I know. I had surgery and a week later, like I had to be in. It was crazy. And uh, yeah, then it's like, we're going to be working from home. It was like, And how fast it switched. It was was like they were ready for it. It seemed like it, right? Flint wasn't ready for the water crisis but the world was ready to send everyone home to go to work like what the fuck happened? yeah it it just still boggles my mind because you cut it's so easy to forget because yeah. it's not it didn't well we want to hurt you and yeah well that's convenient that's a huge too thing. yeah but we're we're so conditioned to only see what's in front of our nose where if you really stop and think about it just what i had to get permission to go for a walk it, you know that was kind of the early days but covid did allow me to appreciate everything more yes no there's there's like look i don't wish global right. shutdown on anyone and all the negatives that the that it brought but in my case yes there were definitely some some silver some linings massive positives that came from covid and yeah the sadness from all of the deaths and and i mean we could walk down that trail all we want was it a death was it not a death yellow right fever? but it's still sad I don't care what killed that person. Something did. And in my opinion, probably didn't need to happen for the most part. Yeah. yeah. So many wonderful things. I I mean, I see way more people caring about their neighbor today than I did yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And we're so worried about the world. Everyone forgets if your neighbor's hungry or not. Right. That's I try to tell people. Find out if your neighbor's hungry. And if your neighbor's good, then from that, you know, move from your block to your community, from your community to your state. Yeah. And then from your state to the United States and from the United States, then start caring about what the effing world thinks. Yeah, but, get your foundation set first. <laughs> you know, but in America, with yeah. all of your constitutional rights, all of your wonderful freedoms, mm-hmm. make sure your neighbor's okay. You have the Absolutely. freedom. Make- yeah. No, I, and for me, I uh, I had an older kitty who is going through some health problems and she needed a lot of care and i got to be working from home and and care for her and when it was time for her to go it was fine but it's like if i had been at work all day i mean this thing you know she would have been miserable but she got a lot of you know last couple months were very comfortable and then not six weeks later my roommate gave me a kitten like kittens need a lot of care and supervision and again i got to be working from home and have a kitten for the first time ever and yeah this is kind of cool Mine's made a guest appearance in the podcast up in this window a few times and yeah, yeah. crawled across my shoulder and 
Oh yeah, they they love it, and you know, somehow managed to show their butthole. They're multi talented. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <I'm sorry. laughs> yeah, my yeah my COVID positive was was much less profound than your superb neighbor story oh, but <laughs> <laughs> i just yeah even before covid i had a lot of time on my hands um that's good you've structured your life well then oh yeah. god stop it i have learned a lot of hot stove lessons in my life i, I, I <laughs> into society uh, hot stovers and i try to remind everyone you don't remember how many times you touched that stove before you finally realized whoa it's hot i shouldn't do this so yeah. as an adult just do the same fucking thing touch it until you find out it's hot right? yeah <laughs> or the fourth grade teacher tells you to try everything twice right. i don't even remember my fourth grade teacher's name so i'm not sure if that's actually who told me that or not but it works really really well <laughs> yeah now i'm trying to think who's Mrs. Davidson. Nora really? Davidson. Yeah, I okay. remember now. Yeah. Took me a second. <laughs> my first fifth grade teacher was Mrs. Canatola. And how you spelt her name was Can of Toza. Ah. Did so, she quit halfway through? You guys forced her into retirement? Or why'd you no. say first for third, fifth grade oh, teacher? I loved fifth grade so many times I did it twice. Oh, <laughs> all right. There you go. They're like, I'm, well, this this first teacher didn't work out. Let's see if this other one's got better luck. <laughs> I would like to blame it on the broken child. <laughs> I moved from one uh, school district to another, so I... Uh, so I okay. schools and it was at the time of year if i remember correctly it was at the time of year where the paperwork didn't get transferred correctly so i didn't have enough credits to move on so i had to do the fifth grade over oh that's lame yeah mrs morrison probably wishes i did not do the fifth grade over i will never forget her i apologize deeply if you ever listen <laughs> like you before <laughs> oh gosh yeah yeah the small things we remember yeah so the military for me happened on a dime uh 9 11 occurred when i was in eighth grade uh, i was in mrs miller's english class second row first seat not because i was good at school i was a class clown <laughs> i'll never right. forget I, I still i could still see the second plane hit that second tower and i remember going holy fuck yeah and your classroom stop what they were doing and look at the tv in that moment i'm joining the military i was 13 years old and so i did yeah you, how does your story go you know i uh i guess i'm a little bit older than you because i was a sophomore uh when 9 11 happened but then and i talked to some recruiters while i was still in high school slash community college but i kind of i just didn't really have like a solid direction of where i wanted to go or how i would fit into the war effort i mean i think it was still at the back of my mind uh and then i ended up doing uh ski patrol like that was i had wanted to do that before the military probably it's a utah thing probably or salt lake city thing actually i i was born and raised in california so i, I actually did in california of all really? she, she yeah. was a fan of that movie ski patrol it's <laughs> i i did a breakdown of that movie and did talked you? about the accuracies and inaccuracies and pretty, pretty to the delight of 64 people who actually watched that video but uh <laughs> definitely gonna check it out but uh but yeah then then i moved to idaho i thought okay i need to go to school i need to get an education first and it was just really felt like i was spinning my wheels and finally it was like okay i just i just need to join i need to do this and and uh so i was 
I was a bit on the older side when I went. I was 23 when I left for boot camp. Okay, yeah. Well, I had a soldier at, well, I was 21 at the time, and just before I was being medboarded out, just before I left, I had a brand new soldier come in at an E1 at 33 years old. So honestly, I don't think that you were really on the old side at all on the new mirror of this. I think that you no. were right. I think I was on the young side. You yeah. were on the average, and this motherfucker showed up way late. <laughs> well, and that's that's amazing too, because uh, let's see. I mean, he would have had to have gotten a waiver at thirty three, and waiver, this yeah. is active duty. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it was it was still at the time of war. So the yeah. the 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 active age, I think, at that time was thirty four. I believe it's now thirty two. Okay, but yes. Yeah, so at the old time of war, God, I mm -hmm. wish I remembered his name. I could still look at his face and I remember his story like it was yesterday. Made a whole That's bunch right. of decisions, and this is where I am today. He's probably got grandkids now. Wait, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to look into them. But yes, anywho, you're definitely way more average than before. How did those life experiences help you moving in? Because I was fresh out of high school. I was literally an idiot. I, I was still pretty naive, but I lived at least a little bit of life and knew I was going to be getting paid as an E3. So that was kind of nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it helped a little bit. You know, at least I could drive. I, I could drink without getting into trouble. And But otherwise, I, I don't know that it necessarily helped me that much. It just is a huge culture shock, isn't it? It doesn't yeah. matter when it is it, it who you were when you got in is not who you are today. Exactly. I, I'll tell you where it did help because I had a break in service between active duty and reserves. Okay. So I had to go back to MEPS when I went back in the reserves. Yeah. That's where my life experience helped me because, you know, MEPS, they try and mess with you. And it's like, yeah. what are you going to do? Yell at me, you fat civilian? Like, whatever. Oh. MEPS was one of the scariest things until I got off the bus for the yeah. first time. And, and I left. so I had a piece of juicy fruit and uh, I and I had this fucking piece of juicy fruit. And I said, when I got off the plane, I was going to put that juicy fruit and I don't care if there was nothing left, I was going to stay in my mouth until it dissolved. And I put this juicy fruit in my mouth and we get on the bus, we're on the airport and the drill sergeants are like, if you've got anything in your mouth, spit it out now. And I'm like, hell yeah, spit it out. And I walked right to the back and I'm still chewing on my gum and I'm sitting this, this entire bus ride from the airport and like, never forget it. The drill sergeant like gets on the bus again. And he goes, holds on to the water bottle until the last second in the TSA line at the airport. Damn right. I am. They put the trash can there for a reason. That's so, right. So, so the sergeant comes back on the bus and he goes, this is it. This is your last chance. Spit anything out now. And a couple other people did. And I'm like, hell no, I ain't doing none of that. This is my world. <laughs> your first mistake. No, the only thing that saved me, and I know that my next life, I will have many punishments. I am well aware of this. But yeah. my last name is Sires, and that is S-Y-E-R-S. -E so in an alphabetical world, there ain't many people on the other side of S-Y. That <laughs> so, is true. This is true, yeah. So these mother truckers are up in the front, and somebody up there had gum in their mouth. And I'll remember going, oh, you still got gum? And I saw one shoulder go, and I saw one fist go, and I saw one person lay down, and I went, yep. No. <laughs> This is not my world. Isn't it great when you can see someone else be the crash test dummy and 
adjust your life and time. There's another Great. 35 minutes of basic training stories and one person in mine's S Y E R S. This dude's name is A Y E R S. Him and I had a universal thing more than one time. <laughs> but I mean, we're at the 30 minute mark. Andrea, this has been fantastic. Patrick, did you have anything else that you wanted to add or throw into the mix? No, I think we're good. I, I appreciate you coming on. That was wonderful. I love hearing oh. the stories. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Are you working on it with any foundations or with any organization? Right uh, now? Yeah. So, uh, well, besides my podcast, the decompression chamber, mm-hmm. please, Which, uh, we'll get all the links for that before we post this from you. Pat's really good at doing it. Pat is right. the behind the scenes guy as much as he is on the camera. He does awesome. so much. So, Absolutely. Okay. Well, yeah, and he's got all the the good fake athlete jerseys and the background. <laughs> I love it. Um, Laces out. Einhorn is Finkel. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, I, I work for uh, ACP. It's a veteran mentoring program, uh, free to uh, Shut veterans. The F up. Yeah. University of Phoenix just tried to put me in ACP. I'm gonna. Oh, no, after- yeah, they're live, one of our partners. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. No, I'll, I'll give you the skinny on that. Yeah, if uh, if you think you want to uh, learn more about corporate America and you know landing landing that right job uh, or just learning more about the industry of interest, ACP is the way to go. Uh, work with a mentor and uh, get yourself ready. How wild is that? ACP is legit. For yeah. everyone out there listening, please look into it. Veterans for sure. I mean, everyone look into it, but. I mean, I, yeah. I'm sorry, Joe. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, veterans should definitely look into it. Uh, and if you're in corporate America, definitely apply to be a mentor, especially if you're in cybersecurity or logistics. We need you. If you're wondering if it's the real deal, you know, hey, include my socials, you know, ping me there. I'll, I'll answer yeah. your questions. Absolutely. But thank you again so, so much. This is Oh, been thanks a- for having me on, fellas. This is great. Have to get you on my show. Absolutely. Please. I love that. I'm listening to Boys in the Woods podcast. Please rate, subscribe, and comment what you love and what you don't. Come out with the Boys in the Woods.